Welcome to The Prosper Project, the show that helps entrepreneurs build brands that impact the world and the bottom line. We know that success doesn't come in a one-size-fits-all package. That's why we're bringing you adaptable marketing strategies along with valuable insights from inspiring changemakers, firebrands, and visionaries. I'm Lorraine Sugart, founder of the disruptive brand agency, Prosper for Purpose. Now for this week's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Prosper Project. This week, I'm talking with Nina Yu, the founder of Love Bottle. Love Bottle's mantra or tagline or whatever you want to call it, its purpose is to change the world with love one sip at a time. And Nina has a background in neuroscience and nutrition, and she states that it led her to look for an easier way to improve health, and the idea of Love Bottle was born. So I can attest because I've had three different love bottles. Love bottles are beautiful, elegant, and reusable bottles that are all about bringing love and water together and drinking with love. The bottle was created to help the physical and emotional health of our bodies, our communities, and our planet. So welcome, Mina Yu. I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast today. Thank you, Lorraine, for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit about your background and a little bit more about the backstory of Love Bottle and what was going on in your life that inspired you to create this company. Sure. You know, growing up, I certainly never thought I would start a business. Business wasn't really kind of what my family projected as possible careers. It was like be a doctor or a lawyer or It was kind of very cookie cutter, you know, go to a nice college and have these kind of laid out professions. And my dad was a doctor. I knew that journey well, and I wanted to help people. So I grew up kind of thinking I would be a doctor as well. And I was pre-med in college and I was a neuroscience major. And I definitely always wanted to help people and I was interested in health. So being a doctor kind of made sense to me, except then as I continued on the journey and it was like time to apply to medical schools, it was really funny that all my application essays would say like, oh, being a doctor is such a great profession if I really wanted to do it. Or, you know, some kind of like slip up thing would come up where I'm like, what is this about? Why am I, you know, why is it coming across that I don't really want to do this? And so it made me say, okay, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to hold off for a few years something is trying to tell me to pause for a moment here. And so my MCAT scores were good for three years. So I figured, okay, why don't I work in industry and see if this is the right profession for me? And so I moved to San Francisco and I ran clinical research trials with a neurologist and I love working with patients. And what really inspired me during that time was Big Pharma was spending so much money checking study medication, testing study medication, and comparing it to a placebo effect. And it was so interesting that they only needed to show significant improvement from the placebo. So the placebo would do so much effect, and they needed to show that their study medication 
did a little bit more, significant amount more. And it come with all these side effects and different things. And I'm like, why aren't we examining what this placebo effect is? And why is it creating emotional and physical changes in the body? And what's that all about? But nobody really wanted to examine that. In this field, they are definitely looking at what is the pharmaceutical we can create. And so after a number of years of seeing how pharmaceuticals can sometimes avoid the root cause of a health problem, it can be more of a Band-Aid fix. And I noticed patients that we were working with, specifically in migraine, that we were doing migraine trials, their headaches would get worse over the course of the three years, more frequent, resistant to medications. Some people became addicts to muscle relaxers and pain relievers simply because their headaches became resistant to it and they needed more and more of it. And it was frustrating. And at the end of that session, I decided I didn't want to go into medical school and I wanted to do something that was more preventative health, optimal health. And that's what led me to nutrition. And so I went to school and became a nutritionist. And it was while I was working as a nutritionist that I really started to think there has to be an easier way to improve health on an affordable and accessible way that's available to everybody. Because so many people were wanting physical health, but emotional health too. Everybody that I saw both in the you know, doctor's office and in the nutrition's office it wasn't just, I want to feel better. It was, I want to feel physically better and I want to feel emotionally better. So whether it was different addictions or anxiety or depression, they wanted a balance of both. You can't just have one and then physically feel awful and still have a... So optimal health definitely requires both. And it was this daily mantra, this daily asking, there has to be a better way. Was working on nutrition protocols, our clinic had a naturopath, a psychologist, an acupuncturist. We were like kind of full wow. discipline. It was a very expensive and complicated program, which sort of further pushed my, there has to be an easier way, right? That mm-hmm. is more available to everyone. And then water, I was brainstorming one day on a thesis project for my master's in nutrition And I was just brainstorming and I was saying, I'm open to inspiration. I'm open to inspiration, sat down with the yellow legal pad, was jotting down ideas. And it just truly hit me. I saw, I knew the name, love bottle. I saw these people drinking water, feeling so good with this connection and brightness. There was like music and birds singing. And I bought the domain name that night and I gave notice the next day. Oh my gosh. I know. I gave three months notice so that they could find and train a new nutritionist and to get allow me to get some bearings on what this new journey even looked like or meant. And we launched with our first round of bottles the following year, Earth Day 2008. I love that so much. I love that, that the fact that you just kind of naturally went down this path and ended up wanting to create something that was an essence, right? An an essence of health, a symbol of health. And, you know, I think the reason why water was, it's funny, I feel like water has become this part of my life so deeply because we do create water bottles and glass water bottles. It's funny because my intention when I had that moment of inspiration and this name love bottle and seeing all these people drinking water with that way, I interpreted it 
with, I need to create a vessel to share with the world and the vessel would carry the message. And so then I found myself being the business owner of a product, which was very interesting because I'd never, ever envisioned being like a product company before. And so that journey kind of has its own road that you organically walk and then can turn into a hill or, you know, a well-defined road that you find yourself on. And so we, I found myself like, you know, getting into natural grocery, which is great. We were in all these natural grocery stores across the country and Whole Foods, and we got into Target and it seemed like the journey of success. But as you get bigger and bigger and you sell more and more, it turns into this engine that kind of takes over. And I found myself where, you know, the advice was just make it more, you know, downplay the message of love and make it more environmental. Like we were always environmental. That was one of our core pillars, but it wasn't the defining aspect of who we were. And all reusable bottles have an environmental aspect. So it's not separating us and making us really have our own voice, but that became kind of this driving pressure to get more bigger and bigger. And then it was, oh, your job is just to get more money, you know, investment and more money so that we can continue to grow, you know, 1,000 more stores, 3,000 more stores. Here's our trajectory. And it seemed like it was just growth, growth, growth until you got big enough to sell, which was so interesting when that finally became like, oh, that's the destination. I was like, oh, I never started this with that as the destination. And so I really took a big kind of moment there of do I continue down this freeway or do I shift gears? And I did. I shifted gears and we I turned away from the mass growth, the kind of American consumer product path of success. And I shifted to really wanting to hone in on what our true message is about connecting to the water that we drink, connecting to the water on our planet, and how water connects us to each other and nature and all these things and how there's such a powerful opportunity in the moment of when we drink water and bring it into our body. And so I shifted gears then. We let go of the wholesale retail model and being in stores. And we focused on our online store where we could really share the message and our intention a lot deeper than on a store shelf. And then we also moved more into creating custom bottles and working with companies who sort of wanted to partner and saw our mission and vision. So it's been a great kind of shift about. It took me a while to really recognize the redefining what does success look like for you? Because I thought for a good almost two years, like, what did I do? You know, like I had worked so hard down that path and then to stop and turn away from it, even though it was a choice, I felt like a failure at the same time because I had said no to what success normally looked like. And so It was really interesting. It was a good point. And I was turning 40 at that time. And I think it really helped formulate, no, in this life, success is what we want it to be. I had two young children. I had a full-time nanny. I was traveling all the time. That wasn't really the success 
the life that I wanted. Now I have so much more time to be present with my children. I was so in a good spot when the pandemic hit in terms of being able to be there versus it would have been such a challenge if the pandemic hit and I had still been kind of in that big engine. So yeah, now we're doing really, we're moving into these mindful hydration workshops as well and more the connection to water that goes beyond just our bottle. But if you're drinking out of any of, you know, my B Corp colleagues who I really love and applaud, like Clean Canteen and Mirror, and there's so many reusables. We all started this with the same intention of helping the environment and improving health, that whatever you drink out of, even if it's a hose or your hands from a faucet, the opportunity to connect your water in a different way and to drink mindfully is there, is available to all of us. Yeah, you said so many good things that I want to take a closer look at. So first of all, the whole point, well, the founding purpose of this podcast is to talk to entrepreneurs who are defining what it means to prosper, right? And so for a lot of people, especially in retail, to be acquired or to be in Target, be in all these retail outlets would be that kind of stamp of approval that you made it. And you had that and it didn't feel right to you. And instead of going, well, the money's good and it's making all these things possible, you actually had, I guess, the strength of spirit to take a step back and say, this is what the world is telling me success looks like. But this isn't why I started, which goes back to core purpose, which I talk about all the time on this podcast and with my clients is, why did you start? What was your purpose? What was the impact that you wanted to have? And so, you know, you've talked a little bit about that on your website. It says, you know, we're 70% water. The earth is covered with 70% water. It's the main ingredient of who we are. It it rejuvenates our cells. It's really like the life force, right, for us. And then you say each sip is an opportunity to change the way we feel and to remember the things that are most important to us. Tell us a little bit more about that, because I feel like that came straight from your heart. It is. I think, you know... And not just mine, I think a lot of people, this whole idea of connecting to the things we bring into our body is not new. And what I've now I've kind of been calling it mindful hydration because it's a way of, I guess, defining or or labeling it in a way that more people can understand because mindful breathing has become very established and people have a broader understanding of what mindful breathing is and how powerful it is and how well studied it's been in all the top universities and hospitals for its physical and emotional benefits. And so I think mindful breathing and meditation and yoga and different ways it's utilized has really laid this great foundation for people to look at how we connect to the present moment, how we connect to our bodies, how we connect to nature. And so It's interesting because people have also studied mindful eating, right? And how we connect to the food that we eat. But when you ask anybody if they've heard of mindful hydration, I get blank stares, it's crickets, nobody's really ever heard of it. 
even though hydration in general has been drilled down. We have to drink water, have to drink water. Drinking water for your health is a must. And it's become this chore. When I was a nutritionist, people would groan because I'd start every nutrition protocol with, well, let's look at water. Because if you're dehydrated and we throw $500 of supplements and stuff at you, what's the point of it if you're dehydrated at your core? And so, but they would groan, do I have to? What can I put in it? How can I? It was such a chore and a struggle. So first thing I always did was I transitioned them to glass. If they weren't drinking out of glass, glass tends to elevate whatever you're drinking out of. If you think about your favorite beverage, even if it's like a cold glass of iced tea or champagne or whiskey, whatever it is, when you have options of plastic, stainless steel, or glass, what do you want to drink it out of? Glass tends to elevate. No one's going to put expensive champagne into stainless steel and serve it to everybody. So glass elevates everything naturally. It also doesn't leach, especially, you know, lead-free glass for sure, but time-tested, it's been the thing to store things in where it doesn't, you know, leach chemicals in. Plastic can certainly leach. Metals can leach depending on if the lining gets compromised or if you use different acidic materials, sometimes that can increase leaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think with water, there's just, it doesn't interfere with the flavor and you know, it's just pure water that you're getting. And so I always convert, it's also beautiful. I think something happens when water and glass mix, it magnifies, it sort of becomes this artistic thing in itself. I love to be able to visually see what I'm drinking as opposed to it being in a dark cavern. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, like what else is to, in there? <laughs> you get to connect to it a little bit more, see what you're drinking. And then, so for those reasons, I was shifted to water in general, but this whole idea of connecting to the water that we drink is so powerful. I think we all are looking for more ways to be present in our day, to incorporate those mindful breaths throughout our day. And it can be hard. We can maybe do a practice in the morning And, but then we sit down at our computer and our phone rings and the emails roll. And before we know it, it's the afternoon or, you know, it's lunchtime and we haven't taken a breath or a moment. And so what I found was water is something we keep with us throughout the day. It sits on our desk. It's in our bag. It's next to us in our car. We visit with water throughout the day and it's this opportunity. It's a touching stone where if we combine our drinking with water as a moment to reset and take a grounding moment, a grounding breath, and a moment to remember the things that are most important, then it's this kind of touchstone stepping stool throughout the day to help really shift our energy. Because otherwise it's hard to remember. I mean, our watch can beep or something if you have a Headspace app or something like that. But The best thing about water is even if you forget, if you do this enough, the water in your mouth wakes you up, kind of like if someone splashed you with water and how it like wakes you up. Water can wake you up, say, oh, right, I forgot. Let me take a breath. Let me remember what I'm doing and what's important. And so, yeah, that's why I think water is such an amazing tool. And there's so much opportunity that we have yet to really harness here. 
And I love that love bottles are so beautiful. So we can state the glass is the preferred vessel pretty much for any beverage. I think that things taste different in plastic. They taste different in metal, but glass just kind of amplifies the taste of whatever is in it. And for that reason, it's like a gift to ourselves, a connection. So that leads me to a very random question, but you've had a lot of beautiful bottles over the year. What love bottle is your favorite of all the designs and all the things that you've done? Like, what is your go-to love bottle? That is such a hard question because (laughs) I think I have all, you know, I have definitely a ton to choose from on a daily basis. And sometimes I'll choose four and I'll fill them all up, line them up on my desk so I know how much I'm drinking. It does change depending on mood, journey, intention for that day. I would say my favorites that I've really kind of go to the most frequently, my Believe bottle is definitely one that I always love because it has all these different words wrapped around it. And depending on how the bottle is angled, I'll see a different cluster of words. And it seems to be just the right words for whatever I need in that moment. So that one I love to take when I'm brainstorming or doing kind of, you know, a creative deep dive or even on a trip. But I have other ones that I truly love. We have Global Love that has love in 38 languages. I have that one. That one I love. And it's retired now. So it's even Uh, more. Oh, now I'm going to be afraid to drink out of it because that's my favorite. (laughs) Don't be afraid to drink out of them. They're sturdy. You know, in the very beginning, I really had deep concerns that I made a product that could break. And I questioned everything for like, why would I ever make something like that? But glass, like you said, has all these important qualities. It's also endlessly recyclable. So it's one of the most environmentally friendly, you know, materials as well. And what I found is that they're really durable, but if one ever does break, what I found from people writing in was that it kind of reestablish their relationship with what was important about the bottle because then they're like, you know, I've tried all these other bottles and none are the same. I miss my love bottle so much. I need to get another one. You know, like it's like, you know, the absence makes the heart grow fonder or it makes you recognize what you're missing or what you were getting all along once it's not there. And so I just came to terms. And then I also have customers who from when we launched in 2008, They've had those same bottles for, you know, going on 14 years now, and they just only get new seals every five years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And they've just had them forever. And it makes me recognize, wow, I don't even think the indestructible kids bottles I've gotten for my children that I've had them for over eight years or 10 years, they seem to like come and go or get dented too much and have to be thrown away. And so it's made me appreciate, you know, the fact that, and I think also when something's delicate, you take care of it, it becomes more precious. You don't just treat it with like whatever kind of abandon and not too much care. When something's like precious, 
and needs special care, it becomes, it's a little more valuable. I love that. I think that's so true. Plus it makes whatever you're doing special. And I think it's all part of that pause, right? Mm-hmm. It's all part of that. I see this beautiful bottle. It's a reminder to be present. It's a reminder to do my breath, to take a drink, to have that mindful hydration. And to our listeners, if you go to lovebottle.com, you'll see how many beautiful bottles there are from which to choose. I'm a big fan of the Believe bottle. I think that's a great bottle, but they're all in it, you know, just as Mina said, depends on your mood, what you want. In addition to your website, do you work with like boutiques or where else could people find Love Bottles if they wanted to see one in person? So, yeah. That is the one challenge of having moved away from the retail wholesale. Okay. It used to it. be, you know, kind of located all over the country, which was a benefit to not have to go through shipping directly. But it was also a big challenge to kind of have that distribution as well. The I would say the best way to look at one in person, we do have... You know, we do sell to smaller boutique stores and yoga studios and schools and stuff, but we don't list all those things on yeah. our website anymore because they're not necessarily a retail storefront. Got it. You could, I would say, you know, the images on the website or our Instagram are the best way to see what the Love Bottle experience would be like. And then you can also order. And then if it's not your favorite thing, we accept returns as well. Uh, well, no one's ever going to return a love bottle. You know, it's crazy. Much we really don't get any returns. It's really. I it's feel like, uh, yeah, there's such a great, like, it feels like a gift you're giving to yourself, right? Oh, and there is the possibility of getting custom bottles. So if you're a business or you are a yoga studio and you want to make love bottles available to your clients or customers, you can get custom love bottles made. And there's some beautiful examples on the site as well. Limited edition bottles, all the things. You can tell I'm a fan. So I do want to move over and make sure our listeners know that Mina, as well as some other guests I've had on the podcast, her business is a certified B Corp. So I do want to take a minute, as I do with each B Corp CEO, And let Mina say why certification was and is important to her company. So can you talk a little bit about becoming a certified B Corp? And when did you originally certify? We became certified in 2017 and we certified in um, 2020 and we're recertifying right now as well. We are too. Yeah. We are too. (laughs) I'm going through all the questions. Yeah, it gets it harder is. every time. I will say that. So, yeah. It, does, it pushes you for sure, which I love. You know, when we started Love Bottle, we had these pillars for health and wellness for the planet and environment and serving our community. Since day one, we've been helping get clean water to people who need it. And that's always been a big passion of ours, like as we sit to help other people get a clean sip of water as well, because so many millions of people on this planet don't have access to clean water. And so we were doing all these things. And then B Corps came on our radar here in Portland. New Seasons is a local grocery chain along the West Coast. 
And they became certified B Corp and they put it all of their paper bags had information on it. And I looked into it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's, we're already a B Corp, aren't we? Because I felt like everything we were trying to do in terms of using business as a force for good, putting not profit first, but every, you know, planet and people and community and all those things on just as important as profit for company. And so as soon as they became on my radar, I was like, how do we do this? And we were in 2015, when I first found out about them, we were transitioning from manufacturing in China to the US. And we were in doing a Kickstarter and we were kind of in a big place of transition. So it was hard to certify during then until at that moment, until everything was kind of established with who our suppliers Mm. were and what our new business model was moving forward. And then once that happened, then we certified. And so I love the B Corp community. They're like this great group of people who all want to like hold hands, hang out and see what we can do together to make this journey even better, to make our impact even bigger, to really kind of change the theme of what like capitalism is all about. I think there's, especially in the US, there's this like, you know, businesses just are there to make money for their shareholders and at the cost of everything else. And it's obviously not a model that's working for our planet or community or country. And so I love what B Corps are trying to do. And so I'm part of We The Change, which is our group of women CEO leaders and also my Be Local Portland here. I'm part of the board on Be Local PDX. I love that. That is, it's just so great. And of course, I know you through B Corp and We The Change as well. And it is such a great group of people to be with and hold space with because we care about so many of the same things. So I want to end with a question I always ask, but I feel like you already answered it. So Mina, what does it mean for you and Love Bottle to prosper? And let's start with you because your business, and I say this a lot, your business needs to support your life. Your life shouldn't be supporting your business. So what does it mean for Mina to prosper? And what is your company's role in that? I think for me, Mina, to prosper I need to have a good balance between my family, my personal well-being as well, and then also in what I feel I'm doing in service with my time. I think feeling inspired by that and fulfilled by that. I think that's really what creates me feeling prosperous. And So if Love Bottle can help me feel in service and inspired and fulfilled, then Love Bottle, I think, will continue to be a part of my life. If that starts to shift, then, you know, when you have a business for 14 years, you often think, is this forever? Is this for how long? You're always supposed to have these five-year plans and 10-year plans. And the last time I sat down and did a 10-year plan, I'm like, I don't really know in 10 years. Like, I could write down something, but I feel like things are transitioning right now with what Love Bottles going. I love our product and I love each one of our bottles and eventually plan to move away from bottles to just the 
educational message of connecting to water because less environmental footprint and way larger reach. It doesn't require shipping or the cost. I feel like even though our bottles are very affordable at $25, mm-hmm. there is still an equitable piece where that is not affordable for everybody for what is something that they're going to purchase for their life. Whereas the opportunity to connect with water is totally available to them. And so like I've started to give these mindful hydration talks like this fall, my one hour workshop has been spread into a 10 week session and I'll be teaching third to fifth graders at a school. And we're, you know, I'm donating my time and energy there because this group of children are underserved and you know, the health and wellness of that community is at such a disadvantage. And, you know, just to kind of, like I said, water is this kind of amazing thing that we all need. And at least in this country, most of us have access to clean water. And so there's this opportunity to at least create a bigger foundation, a deeper foundation, as powerful as we can to that community. And so I'm seeing where this journey takes me with this mindful hydration and teaching and sharing this message. I want to do a water study. So, you know, everything's kind of unfolding organically and it's, I'm really appreciating the journey and what love bottles, you know, I love the idea of a water study brings back my science roots. and my Yeah, I was, I was thinking that too. Yeah. It's a way to almost go full circle, right? Mm-hmm. Clinical research and all that stuff. And so, yeah, we'll see how it all unfolds. Teaching is new to me as well, especially, you know, I have a a fourth grader and going into seventh grader. And so I'm excited about working with this age group. I think there's so much potential there and we'll see how it goes. That's awesome. I love it. Mina Youth, thank you so much for being our guest today. Really appreciate spending time with you. And to our listeners, go check out lovebottle.com and we'll have links in the show notes of this podcast episode so you can connect with them across platforms. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you next week on The Prosper Project. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Prosper Project. If you want to grow a peerless, profitable brand, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you find value in our show, please help us reach others by sharing an episode and leaving a review. In appreciation, please visit prosperforpurpose.com for more free resources to help you grow your business.